My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Heidi Johnson. She's the host of Charity Matters, where she interviews nonprofit founders. Welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Basha. It's so great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm happy. To, I'm super excited for our interview. We're going to have some great conversation. We're going to talk about your charity, you know, how you got started. We'll talk about your podcast and some of the biggest challenges that come with uh, having a nonprofit organization. So before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story, you know, how you got started? Sure. I know I'm not your usual guest. So um, so I'm (laughs) I'm really excited to be here because there are 1.6 million nonprofits in the United States that are businesses that are created out of typically a tragedy or something happened and someone or a problem or someone gets sick and and a group of concerned people care and want to solve that problem and that's that's kind of how they start and you know my story isn't really super different um in 2002 I was 35 years old I had three little tiny boys and um My parents went on vacation with all their best friends, and they were in a horrible accident in Mexico. Um, There were eight of them, and they were hit by a bus. And every four couples, every couple lost a spouse. Um, My mom was killed instantly, along with a couple of my parents' friends. I'm sorry. And my dad was in a coma for almost, um, almost a month. And so when something like that happens, that phone call in the middle of the night that changes your life forever... Um, you know, it changes everything. It really changes everything for you. And so for me, um, getting through that month of, um, of not knowing if I was going to have, be an orphan, I mean, at 35, but still having lost my mom, but then not sure if I was going to lose my dad or not. Um, all I really had was my faith and I'm just believing in something bigger that this, something was going to come out of this. And so Mm -hmm. that's the very short story is that all of this and the reason we're talking today is something great did come out of this incredible loss. And, and that kind of began my journey with um, a year later after my parent, my father came home from um, the hospital uh, Thanksgiving, a month after that accident. And, uh, and I want you to know, I was spinning with him this morning and he's 84 uh, years old and we were at the gym together this morning. So he's doing great. Um, and he's, I'm glad. He's been, yeah, he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's fantastic. <laughs> But um, about a year after the accident, a friend of mine, um, my husband had gone to high school with this guy who was a Catholic priest at a children's hospital. And he said, Heidi, um, you know, I'm the only guy here. We have 300,000 children come through the doors each year of Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And there's no one to greet the helicopter. There's no one, um, you know, nurses and doctors are busy taking care of their bodies, but there's no one to really help the families that are sitting there and these trauma victims and wait with them before surgery or give them hope or give them faith or go and see a child before, you know, they're going through something. And so um, he said, I need help. And I said, you know, John, I don't, I don't know how to start a charity. I'm philanthropic, but I don't know how to do that. I have a business background. I've been, you know, in sales and marketing my whole life and software business. And he said, please. And so 
um, we went down to the hospital, a bunch of friends of mine, and we're on this tour and we see this mother and she's pushing her 12 year old son through the hospital. And um, she sees Father John and she comes running towards us with a wheelchair and she's Father John, Father John, I've got such great news. I've got such great news. And he says, whoa, 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 look, I've got all these friends here. Just calm down. And she looks at us and she says, do you know what this man did for me? And she begins telling us her story. And how her son was run over at carpool drop-off and um, wasn't supposed to live. And they were hella back into the hospital. And Father John came every day and visited her for a month. And she looked at all of us and she said, Father John, he's going home. He's going home on Thanksgiving Day, which was the day my father had gone home. Almost a year to the day that I'm in that hall, that hospital. And so I knew it was a sign or whatever that I needed to do something and so we started a nonprofit called Spiritual Care to provide chaplains of all faiths, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at Children's Hospital, um, Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, religions, I don't even know what they are, agnostic, I mean, you name it, we have 37 chaplains of all faiths, and we just changed the dynamic of the hospital. And so that was kind of the first chapter of my journey of starting a business, and being an entrepreneur, starting a nonprofit um, with nothing, no seed money. The hospital didn't give us anything and um and we started it from from the ground up and you know that was that was in 2003 so it was 20 years ago mm-hmm. so, beautiful. so that's how it started yeah that's how it's that's how the whole shift of my career started into into philanthropy that's amazing i love it i love it that it's i was getting chills just hearing that to the day he got out that is yeah. phenomenal phenomenal yeah. so Where's the business now? Or I guess the nonprofit now. So the nonprofit I ran for um, for five years as a volunteer. And um, and like I said, we built a $10 million interfaith center. Our chaplains are on um, rounds with our doctors. They're part of the medical team. So we've changed the, the culture of a 100-year-old hospital um, and integrated faith and just whatever you believe in. Um, And the chaplains do a lot to support the doctors and the nurses to really help them to get through hard times when patients go home healthy that they've been taking care of that they miss um, or when we lose a patient or when they've just had a hard day. So um, so the spiritual care is thriving and running and doing great. But about five years after um, about starting um, spiritual care, I really wanted to find out who were these people that start these businesses that rely on the kindness of others. You know, nonprofits don't have a business model of your typical guest on the show. You know, a typical guest is selling something, right? They're selling a product um, or a service, but typically a product. And nonprofits are asking people to walk with them on a journey to help a problem. And so it's a very different business model. And so I ran this business for five years successfully. And and then um, my husband said, hey, we've got kids good you know, going to high school and college, you think about maybe you want to get paid to do this work. But in the meantime, I had gone in a search for, um, for people like me and I started Charity Matters. Um, it was before CNN Heroes, before People Magazine, Heroes Among Us. I started interviewing people who start nonprofits and I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to find out what happened to you that triggered you into action to start a business that isn't going to make you rich, that is going to pay you in ways, unimaginable ways that fill you with purpose and joy and gratitude and so many things, but it's the hardest work ever. 
And everyone listening knows starting a business is so hard. Every, you know, all of your, your audience are entrepreneurs, but imagine doing this not for yourself and not for your own resources, right? It's, so it takes a really unique person. And so I started interviewing these people and, and we now have the podcast and I can continue, continue to do that and grow Charity Matters um, and share the stories of people that are really changing our world and people that our world isn't paying attention to. And in the meantime, I was hired and make my husband happy um, by a nonprofit that's now 40. They were 30 years old at the time and um, called Task. It's a youth leadership organization. And they asked me to take over and kind of come in. So I feel like I um, built a new house, a new organization with spiritual care, started a business from the ground up. And then I remodeled an old house um, with a task that I'm still um, in charge of and remodeling an old house as anyone's ever done any remodeling um, or tried to fix a business that they bought uh, is sometimes a lot harder because you have to keep the charm, the heart, the character and the soul. So I kind of have three parts of my of my life, um, but I do run a nonprofit full time as my day job. It's extremely noble what you're doing, but I have to know what what keeps you motivated? You know, as I kind of mentioned, when we do this work, we get paid in these um, extraordinary ways. When you, with spiritual care, you know, when you had families that said, you know, you don't know what you what it meant for us to have someone at the end of our child's life um, with us every day, walking this journey with us, um, you know, or we, we used to provide um, little hand-knit things that we would give to these kids. And people would say, you know, we buried our children with those so that our child knew that they were loved by somebody else. The fact that you, in a one tiny part, play a cog and changing someone's life like that, it's it's the most powerful thing. And it's it's actually a little bit addictive. Um, my husband said it might've been better if I was, you know, a shopaholic or something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I think that um, when you start, helping people, there's actually, the brain actually releases serotonin. It's a known fact and you want more. And so now, you know, I work in a youth leadership organization where our college kids teach our high school kids leadership and our high school kids teach our middle school kids. And I see kids transformed. I see these kids that have gone through the pandemic and who have been isolated. And then I see them being validated by an older peer being told that they're cool and amazing. I see their confidence change. I see them blossom and I see them become the teacher. Um, and, and there's such pride in being a part of making that the wheels go round. You know, I have to raise money all year to make that happen. I have to go and get donations. I have to create a marketing plan. I have to create a budget like everybody else. I have to, you know, work with my board of directors that are volunteers that I answer to. Um, it is like a regular business, except you don't get paid the way that you would in the for-profit world. Absolutely. So what is your, I think that that's, I'm personally, I'm really curious to know, what does your marketing strategy look like for a nonprofit organization? How does that even, how does that work? I, my knowledge on nonprofits is much less than I'd care to admit. Well, it, you know, it's not it's not necessarily different than a business strategy, except it's like both. You have to if you have a 
you know, you, you want to market your product or what you have. So for example, with task, um, we have a huge summer camp, a big summer program and our registration opens in February. So we're working on all of our marketing stuff right now for that. And, um, we outsource because we can't afford to hire to have an in-house marketing person. So we have an outsourced, you know, graphic artist and who creates, you know, materials for us. We have our kids, thankfully, who help us do social media stories and volunteers who help get that out. And we kind of manage that. Um, you know, once upon a time, nonprofits were 100% volunteer organizations. And in this day and age, nonprofits can be really big business. I mean, you know, you can have a nonprofit that is a little teeny tiny nonprofit like ours, which is a hundred million dollar budget um, and a staff of two and a half, but we serve 3000 kids a year. Um, and we've served over almost 40,000, you know, students since we've started. And, or you could have something, you know, huge that has hundreds of millions of dollars nonprofit, like the Red Cross or Susan G. Komen or, and they're all great. It's just, and the, and the bigger they are, the bigger their marketing budgets, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's like every business. I think the biggest challenge um, that nonprofits face is the same as any business is funding or investors and scaling. And it's always that chicken and the egg with how are we going to grow? And for a nonprofit, it's not how are we going to sell more um, products? It's how are we going to serve more people? The more money we raise, the more people we can help. And we want to continue to help more people. And, and that's how it works with all nonprofits. They just, and some are a little fatter than others. Some have a little bigger teams and marketing budgets and all that. And, and some are a little leaner and they come in all shapes and sizes, just like, just like small business. Absolutely. What is the, what's the biggest challenge that comes with running a non nonprofit? I would say, um, you know, I asked that question to all the people that I interview on Charity Matters. And um, and I think they would say the two things. Number one is funding, donors. Mm -hmm. um, and number two is scaling, is how do you grow your organization? And, you know, every, uh, uh, you know, people with a regular for-profit business are trying to decide are, how, are they going to pay themselves more? Are they going to hire more people? Are they going to invest it back into the company? What are they going to do with it? For nonprofits, we innately think, oh, we can just help more people. We can just help more people. But, and sometimes that sometimes that's good for businesses. Sometimes that's not. Sometimes we have to pull back and look at, look at things. Like right now, you know, we're going to an economic downturn and um, a lot of organizations are funded by, um, foundations and foundations are people that are, that have left their money. And, uh, these foundations, uh, let's say that, you know, I created a foundation, the Heidi Johnson foundation, and I put $10 million in it every year. I could take 5% of whatever I made off that $10 million investment. And I could give that 5% away. I don't get taxed. That money just sits there. It, it keeps multiplying, but that 5% I can give away. So our nonprofit relies on a lot of foundations. Well, foundations right now, because the stock market's down, the amount of money they can give away is down. And so then mm -hmm. that really negatively impacts us. So we have to find other places to find the money. So I think that those are some of the challenges that we're facing, you know, right now. I think all nonprofits are just kind of buckling up for what we, everyone's preparing is, you know, is this going to, what is this? economic, you know, shift going to look like. And, um, yeah. and so, and then people get afraid sometimes last year was one of the biggest years donors, not for us personally, 
I mean, if you look at statistically across the country, um, more donations were given last year than any year before. But um, but when people start tightening their belts, the money they give away becomes less or they don't give it away because they've got to take care of their own, you know, situation. Right. Absolutely. So those are that's kind of what the nonprofit landscape's looking at right now is some of the challenges. What is your favorite thing about what you do? You know, I think helping people, um, having a job where in some tiny way you're helping to make the world better than you found it um, is a really incredible gift. And I think that we all have the opportunity to do that, whether we run a regular business or a nonprofit doesn't, you can do that in any way. I mean, if you have a regular whatever your business is, you could certainly do cause marketing and you could certainly say, you know, I have a business that does, you know, a knitting company and sells yarn and I can help donate yarn to, you know, make blankets for children's hospital, or I could donate yarn to part, you know, there's always a thread that can connect your business to a cause. So it, it isn't a unique feeling. And I think it's important for people to realize that just because you don't run a nonprofit doesn't mean you can't create cause marketing in the business that you have. You can partner with a nonprofit that, and, and authentically partner with a nonprofit. Sometimes people do it um, for more of a marketing reason than for the right reason. And I think our customers and consumers are smart enough and they can kind of smell through that. So yeah. if there's something you really care about and you can find an alignment or a synergy with what it is that you do, um, I think it's a great way for you to build um really relations with your own community, strengthen it and make yourself feel fantastic too. Absolutely. I completely agree. So, I mean, I guess we touched on it a little bit earlier, but what do you think is going to be your number one struggle this year? I mean, I'm assuming that it's, you know, the economy and, you know, it's unstable and we've no idea where it's going to go, but. Yeah. I think for the nonprofit world, um, my challenge is, um, is definitely going to be, I think fundraising is going to be harder for everybody. It's just going to, we're just going to have to get creative. And it's just like I said, like any entrepreneur, when things get tough, we have to start really just getting creative. And that's the American spirit, right? That's the American way. That's what we do. We find there's a problem and why we don't relish it. We roll up our sleeves and we get to work and that's what we do. And, and so, and we have people to help. We don't have to sell more pencils or widgets, we have people that are relying on us to be educated, to have food, to have healthcare, whatever mm-hmm. the cause is. So we can't just kind of kick back and say, oh, let's just cut our budget a little bit and we'll be fine. We'll ride this thing out. It doesn't really work that way. These people are relying on us. So um, we're going to buckle down. And then as far as Charity Matters, um, the podcast and the blog that I have that um, I think the challenge is, is A, going to be finding the time to um to continue to promote it and so i'm grateful for being here and having that opportunity because i think that it's important that people hear these stories of these people these remarkable people that are doing um really beautiful work absolutely absolutely i i have full faith in you you're doing amazing things and you're helping the world even if it's just a tiny bit and you guys saying you're it's, it's a tiny nonprofit with less than a million dollars i i don't even consider that tiny but like i said i don't know the nonprofit world <laughs> like that 
Um, well, any business that, you know, under a million dollar budget is small, is a small business. And this is a small mm -hmm. nonprofit, um, but it doesn't have to stay small. And hopefully, no, you know, we'll make some, we can have some great things happen this year and we can continue to grow and expand. That's, that's always the hope and help more people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what would you, what would you say is your biggest pain point around growing the podcast itself? So we've covered, we've covered the nonprofit pretty well, but right. you've got, you know, this whole other segment of your life. <laughs> it's same, it's same, but different, right? It's all helping. It, people, yeah. It's a different, it's a different, a different way to do it. You know, right. um, I think the challenge for me is that there's a lot of, and I'm sure you guys talk about it with, um, with people on your podcast, finding your audience and finding your niche mm -hmm. and finding the the right customer and the group. And so Charity Matters is really interesting because if if I wanted to be in the nonprofit space for podcast, um, it's all people that are how to be a great fundraiser, how to you know raise more money, all these great tips on fundraising, which is great. But if you go to find my podcast there, that's not what I talk about. And so I think I've struggled really with, um, we're kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, nonprofit, the nonprofit, the podcast, How I Built This from Guy Raz. It's NPR. He's he's a really mm -hmm. famous entrepreneur and uh, he has a huge, huge following. And I feel like Charity Matters is that podcast for nonprofits. And so where we fall in the segmentation, um, it's it's like we're inspirational. We're entrepreneurs, people starting businesses where people that have the same challenges as starting businesses, there's 1.6 million nonprofits in the United States alone. And, and yet where we fall, where our audience falls is tricky. There's just, we have a lot of women that are super inspired that are our, you know, that are our customers, our audience. Um, we have a lot of blog follow followers, um, some converted and some love reading it. Um, I grew a new audience with the podcast uh, we have men that listen to it that love it. And so it's just where we fall, where Apple wants to segment us is tricky for me because uh, I, I don't almost know where that is. They want to put me in a little box and I don't know that we fit in one. Right. Nor do right. I want to fit in one, but I need to find right. one, right? Yeah. Hmm. Have you Have you thought about how to overcome that? I mean, how, how do you even overcome that when you well, don't know we, what box you fit into? Where do you go? <laughs> well, I think I think we we dabble with um, we've had, you know, an Apple. We've had it in um, we've had it under business and entrepreneurs. We've had it located under nonprofit. I mean, obviously, if you go to Apple Podcasts, you can Google Charity Matters and you can find us under any anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can find us. But if someone's just saying, oh, I'm just looking for something to be inspired by, uh, or they are listening to like some female empowerment or whatever, I don't know that they're going to, and they they could hear one of our stories. It could be a woman or a man who started a business, but I don't know that they would find, you know, stumble upon it, looking for something that's going to just blow their mind. Someone who went through some tragedy and started this incredible business. So right. um, for me this year, what I've decided to do is try to be a guest more. So thank you for having me. Um, and it's a pleasure to have you. Try to thank you and try to share the story of what we do with different audiences like yours 
um, to kind of introduce charity matters to people because I, I, I'm, that's try that's one of my solutions for the year to try to figure, to continue to navigate that, that path. Absolutely. All right, Heidi, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody is looking to get in contact with you, if they want to donate, if they want to listen to your podcast, any of the above, what is the best way for them to find you? So you can go to charity-matters.com and you'll find all the information about our podcast. You could also go to anywhere you listen to podcasts to listen to Charity Matters, Spotify, Apple, all of the above, Anchor, you name it, it's all there. Um, if you're interested in supporting youth leadership, you could always go to tascsc.task.org, www.task.org. And we'd love your support sending um, an underprivileged student to leadership, our leadership program. And um, I think that that's pretty much it. We're also on social um, at Charity Matters on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, we'd love for you all to follow us and get a little inspiration for your new year. Awesome. Once again, Heidi, thank you so much for coming on. Group, thank you, if Basha. you're listening, no problem. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you are a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.